previously on Ars Paradoxica. You're, yes, hi, I'm you, from the future. I spent decades running from the office of developed anomalous whatever, and they're not bad people. Misguided, certainly, but you know Wickman, he cares. Wickman? What about Donovan? As of today, you don't need to worry about Bill Donovan. Wickman's taking over operations. You don't know? Why you strangled an old man in a hospital bed? You people took everything from me. You've got a choice about what happens next. I'm listening. The booklet I found when I got here calls this place the Black Room, a little bubble in time isolated to a single moment, tethered to the deck of the USS Eldridge in the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard on the afternoon of October 28th, 1943. My mission is to facilitate the communications for various iterations of ODAR across space and time. Yes, I'm a time travel mailman. How glamorous. If you'll excuse me, I've got a flight to catch. Recruitment? Flying out to the seaboard. I've been eyeing a professor at the University of Delaware who might fit the bill. Wish me luck. That's Jack. You know, strategy is supposed to be your own will projected into the real world. And from here, I'm thinking your strategy is to let me win. Looks that way. What's eating you today? You show up looking like a bulldog chewing a wasp. Say nothing about it, and all of a sudden, your play goes to pieces. I'm just not in the mood for a game today, Lou, okay? Right mood or not, son, you need all the practice you can get if you don't want to embarrass yourself at the tournament. Not even a week left to go and you've still got classes, the auto shop. If that mug of yours is because some little lady turns you down, I say good. You don't need the distraction. It's not... I'm not gonna be in the tournament. Excuse me? David, what the hell am I doing here if not to help you get matchworthy? I went over to the community center to sign up this morning before class. I head in and go up to the table, no problem. Then this happy asshole with the clipboard takes one look at me and I see his smile slide off his face like a piece of runny egg. I tell him I want to sign up and he tells me there ain't no more open spots. People are already starting to line up behind me so I know exactly what he's doing. And I know I shouldn't bother, but no. No, I go right ahead and insist there must be a mistake. And anyway, there wasn't any sign saying someone like me wasn't welcome. He insists back that no, there is no mistake and that I should stop holding up the line. I can see in his little pig eyes what he wants to say, but won't lower himself enough to do it. I get that weightless feeling. That I know means I should get the hell out of there before I fold him over backwards and have to call you later on for bail money. So here I am. Well. Well, I'm glad no blood was spilt this time. Wouldn't want a repeat of that white boy at Monte Cassino. Yeah, I'm so damn proud of myself. So, can we just postpone this for a minute? There isn't even a point now, anyway. The point is to take what I know you have and polish it till you shine. You want to succeed? You better be consistent. 
Besides, I, I've got an entire sabbatical to spend staring at the wall, so I'd rather not start so soon. What are you... Wait, is this what happened at that meeting you were talking about? Well... Well, Dean Meadows had to do something when parents start bombarding his office with calls about their sons and daughters being subjected to Soviet influences. And that's academic for what? It seems some of my students took issue with the concept of investigating the differences between the Soviet press and ours. Some students turn in very well-reasoned and researched papers, and the rest had an acute attack of patriotism and called home to crow to mom and dad. Compulsory sabbatical, they're calling it for now. As soon as they can cobble together enough to merit a real doubt about my politics, you bet they'll find a more permanent solution. But you're a damn hero. And I know for a fact you know godforsaken Pinko. David, let's just play again. <laughs> I don't want to get into this. Did anybody even mention your honorable discharge? Do they know how this is going to look to people? The point of communism is that it spreads, right? It's like a stubborn germ. I mean, who knows what we brought back with us from that war. And now, everybody, including you, my friend, is losing their minds now that the Reds are testing their own nukes. We are the only country in history to use the bomb as an offensive weapon. So, maybe the Reds have the right to be a little afraid. Are you serious? Lou, you know what Joe Stalin does to his people. We both heard from troopers who were in the middle of that old mess. Poor dumb bastards still worship the prick as though nothing ever happened. You worry about what you can't control, son, and that's your problem. You concentrate on your best course of action, and you'll see how things fall into place. Now set this board back up. I want to see if you've been paying attention. God have mercy, that boy. They'll learn one day, isn't that right? Beg your pardon, sir? I assure you, that's not necessary, sir. Just wanted a word with you, if you've a moment to spare. I hope I have it right that you are, in fact, Captain Lewis Abbott Gaines. Got it right, mister. Beck, sir. Francis Beck. I'm here in Dover on assignment from my bosses in the State Department, as it happens, and I wanted to make sure I paid you a visit. In what capacity? May I get in the passenger side? I'd prefer if we kept this quiet. Uh... Okay. I know you must be aware of at least a part of the threat our country faces these days, Captain. I was discharged, Mr. Beck. Professor Gaines will do for the moment. Professor, we in the intelligence community have reason to believe that, and I hope you'll keep this under your hat, there have been Soviet spies stationed in this country for some years now. We have every reason to believe the Reds will attempt to send more, which is why one of our newest programs concerns grassroots defense initiatives, homegrown counter-espionage in order to preserve the peace, if you like. We believe men like yourself, veteran servicemen, men of diverse skills, are ideal candidates for our program, and as I understand it, you might be in the market for a new job sometime soon. You don't make it easy to start trusting you, Mr. Beck. Were I some other man, I might consider rooting through my business to prepare for this meeting somewhat rude. We have our vetting process, same as anyone. We're just more thorough. All right. I'll hear you out. But I have one condition. I have a friend who might deserve this more than I do. Black Room Report 22. 
Routine checks on all systems have turned up no mechanical issues or malfunctions anywhere down the line. Honestly, given the questionable nature of all this, I stand a decent chance of never running into a single hiccup in this system. Maybe the moving parts aren't even moving, and the whole thing is fused into a huge tuning fork for tachyonic radiation. What if it's a perpetual motion machine? Well, unless someone ever lets me the hell out of here, I may never know for sure. And that's almost the worst part. Almost. The worst part is still definitely being stuck in a pitch-black room for an interminable, confusing-to-define period. It is kind of a freeing feeling, though. Not having to worry about shopping, bills, having to look presentable for work, any of it. Wickman could probably use a place like this. All the plates he has to spin. One Soviet nuclear test in 1949, and he starts hiring willy-nilly. Pell-mell, even. I've never seen Wickman panic, but this looks like his version of not taking the news well. In the end, Odar has a reason to operate how it's always wanted to. Spreading in the dark like mushrooms. God, look at all of them. BT-50, HM-48, LG-49, DM-50, KS-49. I'm starting to sound like a bingo announcer. Your full name for the record, please. Lewis Abbott Gaines. David Marion. Mr. Gaines, I understand you and Mr. Marion served in the same unit. That's right. 388th Mobile Infantry. Deployed in Germany? Italy. 130 clicks southeast of Rome, at Monte Cassino. Heard ground troops went through hell out there. Never saw anything like it, before or since. I was the engineer in the unit, so I wasn't exactly recruited for my steady aim. But I helped make sure every jeep and tank we came across got to the garrison outside Casino. You could shoot, though. Fight, too. Did you share both, as I understand? I'd rather not get into that if it's all the same to you, sir. I've got to hear it if you're going to work for me. It's behind you. I just need to hear the details. Fine. So we've been at Monte Casino for a good month, listening to the shells tear up that gorgeous Italian countryside, and Lou gets a message saying we have to get into the city to help pull out some poor, witless unit after they get cut off. So we fight hell for leather through those crowd sons of bitches, and when we get to where we need to be, that division is down below combat effective numbers. I'm so hot from tearing through to those boys that I barely remember jumping over the rubble or dropping any more of Jerry's boys. You can check the after-action reports for the facts. All I remember is a blur of noise and motion and recoil until we get back up on the hill overlooking the town. All of a sudden, I'm hearing some Oki kid bawling about how Jimmy would still be alive if those porch monkeys hadn't taken so long. I must have still been half crazy with adrenaline. I don't really remember hitting him until someone pulled me back up to my feet in a full Nelson. That was Captain Gaines. And he took the heat for that, they tell me. Stood up for you when everybody else would have let them court-martial you. Yeah. He kind of took me under his wing, you might say. At least he watched me close enough to stop me from knocking out any more of our boys. He was the one who suggested I enroll at Delaware State. Where Mr. Gaines was a professor until recently, I understand. That's correct. So your sabbatical was not, in fact, voluntary. The dean over at the college mentioned something about having students research good old Uncle Joe's propaganda industry or some such. The assignment was to analyze the effects of such strict control of the press as Stalin has imposed and support a critical opinion on what the effects of the same might be over here. Too daunting a request for some, I can see now. So they ran you out for what? Proselytizing for the Russians? 
We take accusations like that very seriously, Mr. Gaines. Times demand that we do so, so let's have it. You subscribe to a communistic view of things? All men equal in the eyes of the state? That sort of thing? No, sir. I subscribe to the view, know thine enemy. Ah, you sound like a man who's read his art of war. At the risk of sounding melodramatic, Mr. Beck, life itself is a battle for men like me. I've killed men. Not very nice men, certainly, but men. They had different skin color, different language, different even repulsive motivations, but they were still men. Sometimes you hear people ask each other what they'd give to keep their country safe. They never think about what we sometimes have to take for it. Would you do anything for your country, David? Yes, sir, I would. Lou set the bar pretty high in that way when we were in Italy. I'd give my all. Mr. Beck, I love my country. Thank you, David. We'll be in Thank you, Mr. Gaines. We'll be in touch. I got a letter from Beck today, just like he said. I'm in. They want to ship me over to some place in Colorado for training. Going to do it then? Fight the good fight, like he was saying? Well, it makes sense, right? I make enough to get by at Calvin's, but you talk about getting my legs under me on that salary, and then there's tuition. Besides, it would look good to have some government work under my belt, right? Depends on whom you're asking, I'd imagine. You think it's the wrong move? Well, they never tell you more than they think you need to know, do they? Otherwise, they wouldn't get so many volunteers. It's about the right thing, not the wrong move. Check. Lou, I know they treated us like dogs over there, no matter what we did. But I got to see the world, and I had to face what a man could really do to another man. We did the right thing over there, whether they thanked us for it or not. If I had to put my own life on hold for a while to save a few, I think I could sleep okay at night. You know? <laughs> you know, you're starting to make sense. No. Yeah, it sure does look like checkmate, doesn't it? Come on, I think I just saw Pete drop off the mail. Is it in there? Wait, I think that's it. Sure enough. Well, go on. <laughs> you want to open it? And <laughs> stop hovering. I, I need to find my key. <laughs> for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow. Dave. Dave, wake up. We're here. Okay, that's okay. Okay, good. That's good. I... Oh, God. It looks even worse than the brochure made it sound. I was right about the mountains, though. Stop, please. That diner looks pretty good. I think I changed my mind about all this, Captain. Didn't work before, son. Won't work now. No crowds trying to blow your ass to Keenan come this time. And you've got a nicer view. I'll tell you this for free. Your pep talks haven't been getting any better since then. Gentlemen, good day to you. My name is Raymond Vico. I'll be in charge of shaping you into worthwhile ODAR agents and trimming the fat from you, body, and soul. <laughs> Take this not for God-bothering. What we do, we do out of sight of our fellow man, so that he may go about his day without fear. If you do your duty the right way, the best hope is that no one ever hears about it, not even your fellow agents. If you find a life in the spotlight is more to your taste, you're free to go at any time and pursue the life of a showgirl. It makes no difference to me. Get to anyone in your dressing room about this place about us, 
and see if they believe a word of it. That's because we do things the way we do them, and this country is the stronger for it. The nature of our existence is the proof of our power, and if any speak of us, they speak of shadows they cannot touch. Say goodbye to your old lives, gentlemen. Welcome to perhaps the greatest task ever faced by free men. Let's begin. Get your heel planted, Hollis. Yeah, that's it. Come on, Sugimura. Gaines gets better extension with his damn limp. Swift, get under his shoulder. He'll make you pay for it. You bet your ass. Hey, Mary, get up here. Okay, everyone observe. This all depends on leg strength, okay? You get behind him. You have the easy means for a quick incapacitation, even if he's got your height. Ready? Go. <clears throat> Good. Next time, shift to your right foot. Never seen anyone move like that, sir. Uh, learned this one from my CO in Laos. Only he put my lights out for real. We had troops deployed in Laos? Shut up and hit the mat. This device is known as the timepiece field kit. You've been briefed on the theory behind its operation, as it is what allows us to operate as we do. It's our most potent tool, and its use is a matter of the most severe need. By setting this to the desired date, see here, and activating it like so, you will arrive in the same geographical position on the date entered. As you should have drummed into your heads like a bedtime prayer, you may travel no further than Sugimura. October 28th, 1943. Good man. Reason being, Gaines. An anomaly in time and space brought about by a U.S. military experiment, the timepiece uses the energies focused in that location as an anchor point. Correct. And that is precisely all you are authorized to know on the subject. Couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. He swings away at every pitch that comes his way like he's batting by the law of averages. I think he's still... Um, good morning, Agent Vico. Beg pardon? I was just, uh, wishing you good morning, sir. And to you, Sugimura. Hope you rested well. You happy assholes start sleep deprivation training today. And who knows? Maybe we'll find a way to make it a little more exciting. Ah, I can hardly wait, sir. Enjoy your oatmeal, gentlemen. Good try. And for the record, the Cubs still have no shot without Cavretta. Go to hell. Well, Mr. Sugimura, how are you feeling? It's been three days since you slept. Give me a rundown of your physical symptoms. I feel like my head's all cottony. Some stuff blurred round the edges. Kinda, kinda queasy. Now I want to test your memory. Three days ago, you wished me a good morning, and before I left, I said four words. Can you tell me what those were? Oh, God. Have a... No. Can hardly wait, sir. No, that was you that said that. What were the four words I... I don't know, goddammit. I don't know. I, I can't remember. I can't think. <sighs> you may have to stay active for long periods, gentlemen. Fulfill an objective within a tight window that won't allow for sleep. Remember our friend Sugimura when you hit day three and slow the hell down. Take care in your movements. Control your emotions. Now, would someone get him in a chair so I can continue? Gentlemen, today is the day. As of this moment, the six of you are members of our little circle. Your bravery and service to this country may never be known to the wider world, but we few will. We who understand the significance of our task will know and hold you dear above all others, as it should be. 
When I read your name, please step forward to receive the last real piece of identification you'll ever own. You'll notice it's imprinted with today's date, October 30th, 1949. And by these signs, the odor of any era will know you. When you travel backward to perform your task, I know the world you return to will be better for it. God bless America, and God bless all of you. Agent Ethan Avery. Agent Brian Edmonds. Agent Louis Gaines. Agent Frank Hollis. Agent David Marion. Agent Kenzo Sugimura. Welcome, all of you. If you'll follow me, we'll be joining your fellow agents of the fairer sex for a little reception. I'd say you all earned a drink after six weeks of monkey. Sound like a bingo announcer. Okie doke. Here we go. Oh. Oh. Oh no. Oh, sweet Jesus on a pogo stick. This can't be right. There's no way Cornish could have screwed up so completely. And yet, this is the point, right? Straight from the horse's mouth, stripped of all doubt or question of validity, sit in silence in the dark to receive and transmit revelations like an anchorite with a ham radio. Oh, and in case you're wondering, one of our agents, one Lewis Abbott Gaines, had gone rogue and obtained and provided the Soviets with photographs of the timepiece field kit, because apparently our vetting process is handled by the interns. Now I have to save the G-Man-shaped suit that contains Cornish's inept ass. We need a rival agency, like I need a kick to the family jewels. You know, I'm actually kind of surprised you stuck it out all this time. Meaning what exactly? Just thought you'd miss, I don't know, the academic thing. <laughs> you were a teacher? Professor of journalism, for all the good it did me. The school didn't have the constitution for the more, uh, challenging sort of curriculum. <laughs> yeah, well the truth can be a scary thing. You work in intelligence now, son. Best dispense with all that truth talk. It's unseemly and I won't have it in my house. Evening, Mr. Beck. Didn't expect you to make it down here. Pour you one, sir? You should, Mr. Beck. Although I'm still not sure what Shoshu actually is. I'm not so busy I can't spare a moment to congratulate our freshly minted agents, but I have to decline the drink. I actually hoped I could have a word with Agent Marion for a moment. Uh, of course, sir. Lead the way. Won't keep him long, fellas, I promise. I'm sorry to pull you away like this, David, but this can't wait. Time is, shall we say, a definite factor. What's going on, Mr. Beck? David, I'm afraid I received intelligence from one of our agents that Lewis Gaines will pass on highly sensitive and classified documents to our esteemed colleagues in Moscow. David, No, I... sir. I don't believe that he could be capable of doing something like that. And what do you mean, Will? How could you be so sure he's even thinking Because of... I know, David. We know. Ours is not to question why a man does a thing, David, only how. Mr. Beck, what am I here for? Why are you telling me this? Because you're gonna stop him, son. This is gonna be your first mission. I graduated an hour ago, sir. Why would you choose me for this? You're the only one who knows the movements and whereabouts of both yourself and Louis Gaines on the day in question. What day? The day you both got your acceptance to Odar. 
Being awfully quiet. Well, I like to think I'm learning. Listening when others speak is a sign of intelligence, right? <laughs> Those just men talking to you? Check. More than they used to, anyway. You've gotten better. That, or you're getting worse. Well, I suppose we'll never know. <laughs> you're the only one I ever play. That's checkmate. One more? Can't. It's about that time. <laughs> you be sure to let me know when you get tired of cracking those jokes. Yeah. Goodbye, Lou. Best of luck, David. You know, you make me very proud. See you in the funny papers, Mr. Marion. Use kid gloves and things will be just fine. You'll see. I couldn't ask for a simpler mission brief, sir. There never was anything simple about this life, son. You'll do just fine. <laughs> There's one thing before I go, Mr. Beck. Go ahead. You damn well better be right about this. Oh. Oh, God! We need a rival agency like I need a kick to the family jewels. Oh. DM-49 reports Gaines' assignment complete. No irregularities, no additional tangents designated for reconciliation. DM-49 returned to flock for recycling. Gaines' mission successful. Repeat, no additional adjustment required. The system works. Mother of God, it works! It works! Well, Mr. Marion, what can I say? You've done very well, very clean work, I'm told. Agent Vico seemed extremely pleased. But I never was too good at reading him. I couldn't have asked for an easier mission brief, sir. Whatever burrower you got to put together that sequence of events, they sure know what they were doing. I'll be sure to pass your compliments on to the Black Room. Now, if there's nothing else, I shouldn't keep Miss Roberts Mr. waiting. Mr. Beck, I have something to add, if I may. By all means, son, you may. I would recommend a meeting with Mr. McCarthy's group in Un-American Activities as soon as possible. Is that so? What for? To point them in the direction of Lewis Abbott Gaines. I don't follow. The events triggering the Gaines assignment have been reconciled, and I can't help but be surprised that you'd throw your surrogate daddy to those wolves McCarthy has in his kennel. I don't know your Lewis Gaines, sir. I never did. I reconciled one possible future for him, but you know as well as I do that this isn't the end of it. I would advise watching him for the time being, just in case. Very well, Agent Marion. Very well. Welcome to your new life. Ars Paradoxica was created by Daniel Manning and Misha Stanton 
Episode 12, Asset, written by Julian Mundy, directed and produced by Misha Stanton, featuring L. Jeffrey Moore as Lou Gaines, Alexander Cole as David Marion, Dan Anderson as Hank Cornish, and Robin Gabrielli as Anthony Partridge, as well as Richard Malmus as Ray Vico and A.C. Slamet as Kenzo Sugimura, with special thanks to Isabel Atkinson. Production help from Julian Mundy, original music by Misha Stanton and by Eno Friedman Broadman. You can hear more at enoofficial.com or at enomusic.bandcamp.com. This episode also featured the song Man at the Clock by Paolo Pavan Pasqualino Ubaldini via the Free Music Archive. Come find us wherever we are on the internet. Our website, arsparadoxica.com, where you can find episode transcripts or grab merchandise at our store. You can also reach us anytime on your social medium of choice, at arsparadoxica, or at our email, arsparadoxica at gmail.com. If it's arsparadoxica, it's probably us. Ars Paradoxica is made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy what we've done here, consider leaving us a nice review. And if you can pitch in anything to help us keep the lights on, go to patreon.com slash arsparadoxica and pledge to support us monthly. And finally, Ars Paradoxica is brought to you by the internet. Any resemblance to persons living or dead is strictly coincidental. Today is cloudy.